have reached your destination. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast. This is going to be episode 24. I'm Suzanne Sherman, Jeff Johnson, co-host, producer, and amazing friend is in our cyber studio today. We're going to talk about bartering. Last week, we asked if anybody had some requests for shows, and our listener, Rebecca, had asked about bartering. But before we get into the meat and taters of the show, I want to remind you, you can follow our Facebook page on facebook.com forward slash red hot chili c-h-i-l-l-y prepper.com politiprep podcasts has both political and preparedness topics subject matter on there if you're interested in my other show the wasatch report the facebook page is suzanne sherman's the wasatch report radio show and uh, you can follow us on both hit get first and get notifications when we go live, because typically, thanks to the Facebook algorithms, uh, people don't get the notifications till long after the show is ended. You can still hear them live or see them play the play the live feed back on Facebook, but we'd really appreciate it if you missed the live show. Um, that's primarily for people that want to join in, be part of the conversation, share their comments. Go to Anchor FM. And when you go there and listen, we can monetize the show. So the more people also, if you listen and join us live, also please head on over to Anchor. That will help us get some revenue at no cost to you. If you would like to incur a little bit of expense, you can do so on Anchor. I'm understanding that's a little difficult to do so from Anchor on a mobile phone, but you can do so on Spotify. You can also go to SuzanneCSherman.com, my website have some new blogs up there. We'll be talking about that today. Um, and then you can donate on the homepage. There's a PayPal address. If you don't even want to go there, here is my PayPal ID, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E at L-I-T-T-E-L dot com. You can go right there, set up a small recurring donation. It would be greatly appreciated. I can't make it any easier than that. We'll take requests for subject matter. And if you like what you hear, let us know and uh, let us know by submitting some donations. We'd really appreciate that. Up today is my most recent blog, and that's connected to the show we did yesterday uh, about the Nashville bombing, a preparedness uh, aspect um, perspective. It's called the Preppers Perspective. Brian Duff from Mind for Survival joined us. We also linked to his, his uh, blog that he did. Uh, related to the subject matter as well. That was a great show. If you missed it, you can find it on Anchor. And I think that was episode 23. So that's just one behind this one. And let's see, a couple other of announcements really quick. I was just recently on the Just Add Liberty web uh, podcast with my good friend, um, Rachel Watson Kennedy. That's justadliberty.com. The subject matter for that was stocking your pantry on a budget. And that was a follow-up to a blog I did on SuzanneCSherman.com. And that's in the blog section, a lot of preparedness stuff there. Uh, really like the stuff that we have out there. Also had a three-part section on making stock. So if that is of interest to you, um, head on over there, check that out as well. Again, when you're on the homepage, feel free to make a donation. Also, finally, the Lost Frontier Handbook is finally out. Yes, right now it is only available as an ebook. We are working on the physical book. 
Um, that is, the, we've been given the green light to go ahead on that. They do want to check because of the expense of printing a physical book to see how the sales are going. So, so far, all systems are go. We're working on the physical book. All you will have to do if you buy the ebook right now is pay for shipping when that one's out. So you don't have to buy it twice. That's a legitimate concern. And I made sure that that's how it would go. But the uh, Lost Frontier Handbook, you can learn the survival skills of the pioneers. It is your ultimate guide to self-reliance. So check it out at lostfrontierhandbook.com. Ah, got our housework out of the way. How are you, Jeff? Thanks for making time for us today. Well, thank you for offering to have a show today. I, I, I enjoy these. I will be perfectly honest. I would rather do this than do political shows. I know, I know. But think of the fun we can have making fun of, of Biden and Cammy Harry. Oh, I, I, I'm, I am so looking forward definitely... to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun. I want to share a testimonial that, um, oops, I just opened up a browser. I want to share a testimonial that we had from Rebecca because I really appreciate this because it really gets to the, the heart and soul of what we try to do here. And um, she said here, when I first started listening to you, I really did not think that my peeps in the lower socioeconomic spheres could do anything to prepare. And certainly income can put some serious limitations on what can we can be done. Yes, now more than ever, but have definitely seen how it can be done since I've been to the bottom and lived my childhood and much of my adult life in poverty. I truly appreciate the opportunity to learn. Some of my community nursing projects will address prepping for poor folks when these resources will be invaluable. Jeff, that just made my day. I mean, that's that's really why I like to do what we do here because when I first started preparing, I, I felt like I was so far behind the eight ball, I could never afford to really get started. You're tempted to just buy thousands and thousands of dollars worth of uh, goods and equipment. And a lot of people can't do that right now. So I wanna encourage you for some extra advice, go over again to SuzanneCSherman.com. And if you go to the blog page, there's going to be some basics on how to uh, strike a balance between readiness and finances. If you have a, a family member that doesn't really want to prepare, there's an article called the, the Recalcitrant Prepper, how to bring family members and members of your community on board. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was just on the um, Just Add Liberty podcast, The Well-Stocked Pantry. I call it Legos for Food Preps. And then a three-part series on making your own stocks. We also talked about ham radio yesterday with regards to Nashville because communications have been knocked down. And there's also an article there, Silence when the World When the World Goes Quiet, How to Maintain Communications. Uh, we talk about things beyond uh, using your cell phone and some ham radio and other options as well. So a lot of good stuff, but I wanna talk today about bartering. That was our latest request for a subject. Uh, our very first episode, once we started this page, we had our good friend, Mike Meharry, who is not only the National Communications Director of the 10th Amendment Center, and accordingly, a frequent participant in the Wasatch Report radio show, but he's also the editor for Shift Gold. So our very first episode was about precious metals and hedging your bets for financial security uh, if there's going to be a pending economic collapse. And the boy, way this government's been printing money 
It's only a matter of time. It is when, not if it's going to happen. But not everybody uh, is out there buying gold. It's very expensive right now. You're buying at a high. I think if you've been doing this for decades and have a few pounds set up, good for you. But a lot of people aren't going to get to that point right now. As Brian Duff mentioned on our show yesterday, you know, for the amount of gold people can typically purchase today isn't going to be a game changer for them in the long run if there is a systemic economic collapse. That money at this point, in our opinion, is better spent on food or other essentials. Now, you also want to consider when you are purchasing your supplies, you might want to be able, because there are going to be some people out there that haven't prepared, you either want to give them something and send them on their merry way or have some bartering opportunities. Again, what are you going to do if you if the, if the money's not available? So bartering is really defined. I like the definition they use here too. A trade by exchange of commodities rather than by the use of money uh, or to exchange in trade as one commodity for another way of trading. So this is the way, this is, this is what was, how, how goods were uh, acquired before we had a monetary system. And before we had, you know, the now we have fiat currency. And like I said, when this is going to go away, we're talking about great resets, cashless currency, cashless currencies. Um, we need to start thinking of other ways to freely exchange items. I really like the idea of bartering. I do it now whenever I can, even if it's on a small scale. Some maybe some eggs from my hens <clears throat> back when they're when they're laying eggs or on vacation right now. It's winter time, but you can exchange goods, services, uh, goods for services, goods for goods, or services for services. Uh, any thoughts on where we're going so far, Jeff? No, a few of us here uh, back here on the East Coast here, uh, we're discussing uh, precious metals the other day, and at. And we just finally came to the conclusion that, you know, you're probably better off spending some of that money on barter items rather than put it into precious metals. I mean, I do do most of us have some precious metals. I'm sure just about everyone out here probably has a, some precious metals. And you know what? It's it's a it's a good hedge. You, you might as well keep it. But as far as uh, if there's a really big downturn in the economy, a, People really what? Well, we discussed it yesterday. You can't eat those pre that precious metal. So, you know, it is it's going to sit there. It's you know, it has value, and eventually you can get something out of them. But uh, right now, I think barter is probably a better way to go with this. Yeah, and I could see how people would say for the long term. Let's say the financial industry, everything collapses. Our economic system collapses. If you hang on to that, when they start to rebuild, then you will have something that you can have as a form of currency um, after the, uh, you know, after things get back on track. The question is going to be, is it going to even be um, based on a gold standard? Listener, Andrew, physical gold. Oh, let me highlight that. Physical gold is a bit tough. That an ounce is uh, 1880 right now. That makes it a bit narrow in its utility. Silver is much better <clears throat> at $26 an ounce. Yes, and absolutely. I mean, uh, and at this point, if you have some decisions to make and you're struggling, like um, Rebecca was mentioning in her testimonial, 
gold's not going to be something that's going to um, help you if you are of limited resources. And she says, one can be on limited income and still have barter items. Yes, even if one is constrained by food stamps. Absolutely, because food stamps really is a form of currency that might not be of any value later on. Those dollar bills you have squirreled away might be useful for maybe tinder and a fire, but little else. So let's talk about um, when we get back from our break for uh, our friends here at Anchor FM, we're going to talk about some uh, items that you might want to keep on hand for bartering. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast, episode 24. Today, we're talking about bartering. And where we left off before the break, we're saying that bartering is going to be a way to exchange goods and service and have a form of commerce if I say when the uh, system, our economy, which is predicated on fiat currency, finally collapses, our government is printing money and spending it like drunken sailors. This can't go on forever. So what can we do? Also, this is a great way, um, whether or not you are on a limited income and need resources, this is a great way of uh, personal secession. If you want to trade goods with neighbors and friends and not pay the government their cut, who's to know? Who's to stop you? It's funny, I was watching a show one time and they showed a... It was a guy up in Alaska, one of those reality shows, and somebody bartered for dental services, this big king salmon from up in Alaska. Shoot, I'd take that in a nanosecond. But it was funny because the guy had to be very clear. Now, just so everybody knows, we're going to be reporting this to the IRS. If you do that, you're stupid. So uh, let's say, so let's let's get into some household items, things that you might yes. want to. We're reporting, ahead, we're reporting this to the uh, IRS, definitely. Yes. Oh, speaking okay. of, I'll, so okay. I'll deal with the IRS tomorrow because I got something funny in the mail. No, I'm not in tax trouble, um, but a funny, a funny ad for them. Anyway, let's talk about some items that are that are easily uh, stored that you could use for trade. Think of household items that you're going to miss when you can no longer acquire them. That can also be relatively inexpensive to attain that others who have not had this um, foresight that we're sharing with you right now are going to have more value, perceive more value for these than you do presently right now. And items, again, that you can get very cheaply. One of the things I have listed here is toothbrushes. Andrew, toilet paper, yes. <laughs> we saw what happened with that one. People weren't ready. But is anybody going to really want to give up toilet paper, toilet paper and bullets. I think people are going to want to hang on to things like that. But uh, toothbrushes, you can go to uh, Brian and I, we were talking when Brian was with us yesterday, Jeff, about getting a lot of these items at the dollar store. Um, find these other places um, that have, you can get a package of toothbrushes. I hate to mention Walmart. I really do. But folks, if we're just trying to survive, try and get these deals. You can get, I think, six or eight toothbrushes for $1. Or you can pay something like six for one of those stupid, you know, ones that you see advertised all the time, the, the main, you know, uh, name brand toothbrushes. Nobody cares about that right now. You're trying to survive and have these things on hand. But that might be something that would be considered very valuable. Hygiene products, little bars of soap, 
<clears throat> feminine products, really good to ha have on hand. If somebody hasn't thought about it, they might really appreciate stuff like that. Um, other things, clothing, if your children have outgrown their clothes. I know we really, a lot of us like to donate clothes. A lot of places aren't taking them right now because of a COVID. So hang on to those. You might have more kids who might need them. Or you might have a neighbor who's had a child and, and said, hey, I really need some clothes. Yeah, I'll trade you some clothes. Hey, do you think maybe you can fix this fence for me over here or do something like that? So uh, Rebecca says, get soft toothbrushes better for your teeth. You know, if we're in a situation where you can't adequate, you can't easily get health care, dental care, uh, do consider, uh, like she said, better for your teeth. Uh, and won't cause gum recession because that's difficult to do. I'm actually going to do a show on dental care that's going to go beyond the dentistry. I actually, they wanted to do a, um, what was it, skin grafts for gum recession. I had horribly painful and sensitive teeth and I solved it by uh, ignoring and stopping going to the dentist four times a year. So uh, all natural products, by the way. Uh, anytime you see little samples that you get, um, you know, I, I like to, when I go to the hotels, those little lotions and all that, they come with me home. I have a whole thing of those that one day I will barter little toothpaste, anything like that handy. Uh, if, if you see some people that might be struggling and might need some help, you can make them a little care package, even if you're not bartering for it, or maybe they can do a small chore for you, something like that. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, because you can go to dollar store and they have little baskets of all those little uh, containers of mouthwash and toothpaste and little deodorants and all kinds of different things. And, you know, you're not going to pay very much for them. You can buy handfuls of everything for practically nothing. So on a budget, you can get a lot of barter items and they'll be worth they'll be worth something to somebody. Yeah. And like here, they'll say, my dad bartered electrical work for dental work for my mom. Absolutely. Imagine how expensive that is also if you're just going through uh, insurance because they always make the prices more expensive. People will be willing to barter. And you know what? Even if you need some dental care outside of a traditional office, if people have these skills, I don't know if you remember when we had um, Dr. Bones, Joe, um, Joe Alton, and his wife was a, a nurse. Also, they have a book that uh, talks about taking care of medical issues. And he said over 90%, I think 99% of stuff he said that you would come across, you can take care of on your own with proper training. So have some skills like that and be able to help people, especially if you know of, of a physician in your neighborhood, have uh, something set up where, hey, you know what, if you are the guy that will take care of injuries and some minor illnesses, stuff like that, that we're going to come across, we'll take care of your food. We'll, we'll help with uh, mending clothes or electrical work or some plumbing work, woodworking, you know, mechanical repairs that are needed. So all of this comes under the auspices of barter, which you uh, said was the epitome of what, Jeff? I'm sorry. Uh, I don't show. What's that? Volunteerism. Oh, Volunteerism. okay. I, we talked about so much today. I'm sorry. You caught me off guard. Yes, this is the ultimate in voluntarism because you're, you're exchanging items or uh, your labor to somebody else willingly and freely. And guess what? Guess who's not involved in that exchange? Government. You're doing this all voluntarily. And that is the whole, that is the cornerstone of anarchy. Anarchism, excuse me. Uh, it is an, anarchy is not 
going crazy in the streets. Anarchy is uh, people not wanting a master. And that's what in the Greek and the Latin, that's what anarchy is. No master. So, you know, when, when you practice voluntarism, you are an anarchist, believe it or not. So embrace it and be happy that you are one because it is the most joyful way to get along with our people because it, you're living at a peace with everybody. If you if you become a voluntarist and anarchist, you're living at peace with you're not you're not trying to rule other people. You're not trying to you know make them your slaves by voting to get some guy to come in there and rule over them. So you know, embrace it. Just go ahead, be fine, be fine with it. Andrew has a good point. Not sure there will be much of a demand for statisticians when everything falls apart. Well, you never know, but Andrew, you're safe because your sense of humor and your wit will make you a valued member of any community. And if you can make out here, make it out here to the hinterlands of Utah, although I'll probably have to make my way out there. You guys are going to be in Maine, so that's where all the fun's going to be. So yeah. you better learn how, so, you better learn so, how to make moonshine there, uh, Andrew. Uh, you know, become a moonshiner. Okay. Yeah. Here's another yeah. item. You know, yeah. doesn't Don't, matter what yeah. brand. If you travel and get some of these and this can go in a pack if you're out somewhere and or like I said, if somebody comes by your house, we're going to talk about some of the downsides of bartering, which can be yeah. uh, personal security as yeah, well. But, I, but let's talk. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that you, the vice items I was I don't have them because I don't smoke, but cartons of cigarettes and you could take them out into packs or you can even break them down into cigarettes. There will be people out there that will want their vice items. They'll want to smoke the cigarettes. They'll want to drink that alcohol. So vice items aren't a bad thing to have as barter. Now, those aren't necessarily the cheapest items to barter, but you will probably get more for them than you will for, say, a little tube of toothpaste. Yeah, at a coffee. You know, I'm not one. I don't really care about booze and cigarettes, but, oh, what I wouldn't do coffee once I run out, you know, forget the Klondike bars, <laughs> but uh, coffee, things like that, uh, th uh, that people are going to miss. Think about the things you take for granted, pencils, writing instruments, papers, little notebooks, papers, things like that. It might behoove you if you have a community and you set up to have a, a, a tote full of barterable items. And I also do have some foods that I personally wouldn't eat but I, I keep on hand for people who might be very grateful for something and they can add other stuff to it, um, like those ramen noodles or those packaged cup of noodles or whatever they are. I have another one of teriyaki, something that you add water to um, that somebody might really appreciate uh, on a cold on a cold winter's night or something. They ha add some hot water to that and uh, you can send them on their merry way as well we're going to take a quick break for our musical sponsor roxanne and then talk about some of the safe ways to barter because it can be a dangerous activity if we are dealing with a um post apoc society we'll be right back Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com.
right, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is the Red Hot Chili Prepper, and we're talking about bartering. We essentially uh, were saying that barter is the epitome of free market capitalism, absent any government interference, absent any government regulations. You know, you are it's buyer beware or trader beware when we're talking about this stuff. And Justin, uh, cigarettes are lightweight and small. So are many other things in a, in a traditional trading post. And Justin's bringing up something here because I was mentioning items that you that people are taking for granted, but there are also items that were once considered means of currency. Justin is an expert in beads. And beads were commonly used for trading before. And I don't know anybody that has more beads than him, although he does know more people that has more have more beads than him. And he knows so much about them. At some point, there are going to be items like beads or trinkets, something like that, that people are going to find value in. Not just something that you can consume, but a form of currency. I'd love to have him come on. In fact, Jeff, I'm going to bug him and have him come on and join us for a show about beads as currency. The history is fascinating. When we go to um, when we go to gatherings, Justin always has an amazing trading post there, and he will trade you uh, or uh, cash or goods. And uh, he he talks about the history of beads. Fascinating stuff. So let's talk a little bit about some of the downsides of bartering. And the first one I can think of is PERSEC, also known as personal security. You are putting yourself at risk if you're bar, uh, bartering at with strangers, whether or not you do it at your home or strangers out in a public place. You don't know if they're out to just take your things or maybe feel you out for what more you might have. They might follow you back to where you are. Uh, so some ways to get around some of that. Did you ever see, Jeff, this was a show a long time ago. It was on a Discovery Channel, The Colony. I think I did. I, I think I remember it, but I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't watch it very much. Well, when my kids were little and we homeschooled, you know, we, we traveled a lot. We went to a lot of places, but we also watched some cool stuff like that. And this was a premise that there has been a, a major collapse and they set aside this huge warehouse in an industrial area. And I think that was in uh, Los Angeles. And they actually put these people in there for, I think, a couple months at a time and they give them certain amount of supplies and then they have to go out and forage for the rest. And then they have groups of marauders, raiders. So you're talking about issues of security and that sort of thing. Ingenuity, they have to be able to make and repair things. And some of the issues they come across when people come to barter with them, the first of which is people actually want to invade and take over their, their living space or take whatever items they want well beyond the trade. And that's something that, again, when people are desperate in a situation, I mean, we're seeing desperation right now. Um, a lot of people are out of work. A lot of people have, have their businesses have closed down. Wait till people cannot feed their families. We're going to see a level of cruelty and viciousness and disregard for former relations, unlike we have seen up until this point. So if you're going to barter, Jeff, what, what are some ideas you have on how people can do so safely? We'll be right back after this message about Anchor FM. Well, I, I've done some sales where I've listed something on Facebook, uh, 
marketplace and sold stuff. It's not barter. I realize that. But what I did do is make sure that I met in a very, very public place. We met in a Walmart parking lot and we, we finished the transaction. He gave me the cash. He took the items and he left. So that's, I mean, right now, while things aren't crazy, you want to look for a very highly public place. As things, if things were to, if the economy was to go south and people were starting to get desperate, it's going to become more difficult to do such. You're going to have to just kind of feel out what's going on. Your community may end up starting like a a uh, barter market of some sort. You may, you know, people will come with goods and you'll be there at that market during those days and exchange them there. That you you'll have to fill out your community, and that would probably be be the best way in a situation where things got a little bit dicey. Yeah, you know, I I was when my chickens are laying eggs in the spring, summer, and fall. Uh, I would sell them. I first put an ad on Facebook Marketplace. Quick aside, Facebook will no longer allow you to sell um, eggs, eggs, unborn chickens on market on Marketplace because they say you're selling live animals. <clears throat> There's a bit of a dilemma conundrum there, isn't it? Are they saying unborn uh, un eggs are unborn animals? Uh, live animals. I think we all know where we're going with that one. But I would do the same thing. I put the ad out there and I would actually meet people at Walmart. And I saw, you know, one of my customers also taking her personal security for granted. She had her grown son with her. And I thought, good for her. Why would she want to meet a stranger, you know, even in a public place, um, you know, without having somebody there to back, to back her up? Um, here, Justin says a weekly barter fair or trade blanket would be a great success even today. Trade blankets are really cool. When I go to some of the gatherings, this is a, uh, a little marketplace where they have a blanket out and everybody sits around and people put something that they want to trade out there. And then other people can look at it. And if they find that it has value to them, they will go out there and then say, put their item that they want. And if the original person likes that there is your trade in fact at one of the gatherings i went to i have this beautiful necklace that dave holiday had um he flitnapped that's where you take a, a rock on a piece of hard material and make an arrowhead or other cutting uh, cutting device with it and he had flitnapped some glass from i believe it was sarajevo and he had a whole tray out of on, on a tree stump of all these great necklaces and that one spoke to me and I wanted that and I looked at it and, you know, he had prices for all of these, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to barter. And I said, well, how would you like to trade this necklace for a can of venison chili and a can of my um, peaches? And he said, well, I love peaches. I love venison and I love chili. You got a deal. That, ladies and gentlemen, is volunteerism. That is anarchy. That is free market capitalism. The government doesn't get in to take its cut. Uh, it, it was It's great. People should be doing that now as much as possible. So some of, the, some of the risks that you take, like we mentioned, I would not have strangers that come to my door bartering, coming into or approaching my home. They're going to check you out. You know, again, we're assuming times might be very difficult. So we've got that personal security risk there as well. Even if you're meeting some of these, you, you know, at, at what point does it escalate where, you know, you bring so many people, this woman brought her son, where it could be a confrontation. So my personal choice for this would be have a community planned 
ahead of time where you can barter within this community. It's also important, we talked about this yesterday with a rally point if things go bad, with your tribe, your trusted circle of friends, say, hey, if situation A happens, come over for, uh, come over to my place and we'll set up a community here. Lex, I'll trade you Justin Lunt. No, you have, he's all yours. <laughs> uh, so, but think about things like that. Have your community already set so you don't have to uh, worry about your security. The other downside to bartering with strangers is they could be trading you an item that could be um, it, it could it could be useless. Uh, I, I remember one of the incidents on the show was a, a mechanical instrument or a mechanical device that didn't work at all or was somehow faulty. Or if you're trading for fuel, well, that fuel might not be good anymore. It could be something else. It could be diluted with water. So if you can, community, trusted sources, start small, develop relationships with people like that because there is a very significant danger. They will try to find out exactly what you have learn more about you, learn more about your group and take advantage of that information. What do you think, Jeff? You have to be very careful with this. There's no way around it. As times get worse, people try to get over on you and you hit it right in the nose with that whole thing with they may actually be trying to trade something off that doesn't work, you know, so be careful what you're trading for, you know, and be careful what you, uh, where you go and do it. Because you just never know what's going to happen. If you're going to someplace else, it may be a situation where that's their home turf. And the people that are there are supporting them, even though they're supposedly just random people that are there at some fair or something. You know, I would also be leery of trading. For instance, I am a canning mofo. <laughs> I love I love to can foods. And if you're going to be bartering, I would trade if you're going to camp, you know, for instance, when you trade canned goods, not only is the materials inside them of value, but the container itself is. Jeff, weren't we earlier talking about how you people couldn't get canning lids? I've had people on Facebook. Does anybody know where to get canning jars? I'm in homesteaders groups and they're actually posting where people can get canning jars. So that's something you want to make sure you don't use as a form of currency for bartering, because once those jars are gone, if the, if you don't keep in touch with those people or make it part of the deal, hey, you're my community, just give me the jar back and we'll make something else. You know, we, we're able to refill it. Those are going to be gone and you're not going to be able to get those back. So that's absolutely something to think of as well. Uh, whatever you're giving, you're not going to get back. So make sure that something that's incidental to it, you're not giving up. Lex is also saying it's nice being a blacksmith and being able to make things for trade. Even in a downturn, uh, I'll have almost unlimited steel from cars. Yeah, that's, that's an absolutely fantastic point there. Uh, skills like blacksmithing, plumbing, electrical work. If the grid goes down long-term, that might not be a big deal. Um, carpentry, uh, that sort of thing. So absolutely perfect with that. So, and uh, he'd be fine with just the jar for Justin. <laughs> uh, great stuff here. So uh, I, I think that's all we really need to cover for this today, Jeff, unless you had something else to add, but this has been really fun getting this information out here. Yeah. 
The only thing I want to add is we we were going to discuss a short little article, and we don't we're not going to get into it too much. But it is rather interesting that the other day we had a bomb in an AT and T facility in Nashville, and now today um, today I found an article about in Aspen there was some what do they call it vandalism at three different sites, and it's it's shut off natural gas to the Aspen area. So now there's people don't have heat there. It's it's very interesting. Now this they wrote something that indicates that it was probably a a terrorist green group that did it. So you know it's it's just interesting that we had something that now is is a different but the same almost. Well, we're seeing uh, this this isn't the first attack on infrastructure we've seen. Obviously, we have the attack on the AT and T. If that was the intended target. And then this one that you're mentioning, and we've talked about this before when I lived in San Martin, which is between Morgan Hill and Gilroy. If we need to get it even more specific, it's about 20 miles south of San Jose. But there was a major power station there. And one evening, well, backing up a minute, um, I had gone to the post office one day and tried to pay with a credit card. And they said, oh, computers are down. You're going to have to pay with cash. Okay, pay with cash. Well, what had happened was the night before was somebody had shot out the transformers. The substation was right by the freeway, no security. Nothing's been changed since that happened. You can still drive right up to the fence. And they took out the power for this entire substation. Within 15 minutes in Gilroy, a fiber optics cable was severed, shutting off all 911 communications. What happened in Nashville, also 911 communications have been attacked. So this is something we need to be aware of. This is, again, this ties into so many of the things that we're trying to warn you people about. Have an alternative source of communication. Uh, there's a blog on that on my website. Again, SuzanneCSherman.com. If you missed it earlier, uh, When the World Goes Silent, this also been on Survival Dispatch's Insider Magazine. They published that as well. Also, um, Survival Dispatch will be sharing our blog from the Nashville disaster as well. The preppers uh, perspective on there. So that's really cool. We're going to be doing a lot more things with Survival Dispatch. Also, uh, Jeff, you'll be delighted to know that uh, Angry American will be coming to the show to talk about the book Good. that he did. I get the nerd out. I knew you happy. I get the nerd out. That's off. That's great. I, and I'll be nice. I won't do it when you're working because <laughs> I know you'll. Oh, no, you better not because I, I will <laughs> drive out there and you'll get some demerit. <laughs> yes. All right. So, folks, we've got a lot of stuff we're looking forward to in the new year. We've got the front, the Frontier Handbook is out. I'll be working with Survival Dispatch, Angry American, Alan Kay. Super excited yeah. about that. We'll be Suzette, doing more shows. Go ahead. Go, put Rebecca's yeah. up. That last one about okay. uh, com communications. Oh, I trying to get my CB back. Of yeah, I forgot all about the CBs. You know, there's all kinds of. I mean, and that's citizen band. That's open, so you don't need a license for this. So this that may be a very good option for some comms. Uh, your distance is definitely cut down. You don't have the uh, ability to transmit as far as him does, but it's open. You don't have to have a license. So a very good, very good comment, Rebecca. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And by the way, um, Jeff, if you'd read my article on <clears throat> when the world goes silent, I did mention CB radios in there. I, Suzanne, I've read it, but it was a while ago. I know I'm, I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> I know it's it's been a while. So anyway, I'm sorry that you know you were wrapping this up so well, and I interrupted. That's 
totally fine. Lex has a ham radio and he's never had to see that's going to be me. Uh, a ham radio because here where I am, I'm in a canyon here. So even a tall antenna is not going to help me. I'm going to have to do the one where they go off of uh, whatever sphere it is on there, which is why I'm having such a hard time studying for this test. I am, I am not, I am a tech troglite. But, um, you know, what I'm banking on is being able to have the handhelds and go if I have to climb up to one of the mountains here and, and doing something like that. Or you can even listen. I think it's called a general license where even uh, you can you can at least listen. You don't have to have, uh, you know, permission by Mafids to to listen in on that. And then if it's an emergency situation, you're going to do what you're going to do. So um, but I'm going to actually order four of those. What are they called? Baofangs? Yeah, the bay the Baofangs. Yes. They really are inexpensive. <laughs> you can definitely get you. There are deals. You'll find them periodically. You may get two or you may see you may find one with four of them. And so you you right away, you're getting your backups right away. So, yes, they're inexpensive. And I don't know. I, I haven't seen those four deals in a while with four radios. But, you know, you look around, you'll find you'll find them. That is an inexpensive way to enter the market. We're going to do a show on uh, ham radio operators. We've got quite a few that follow the show. And uh, Paul sent up a follow-up message about yesterday's show, too. And he actually was kind enough to send me a really nice study guide for it. So I think I'll do that this afternoon rather than, you know, dinking around on Netflix and try and get some stuff done. So we're going to wrap up the show. And for those of you that are on Facebook, hang out a few minutes and we'll chit-chat. And uh, this has been the Red Hot Chili Prepper Podcast. Jeff Johnson, Suzanne Sherman, thank you for listening. 